Welcome to another episode of Orange, Black and Beyond, where we talk about Oregon State University sports with our with the biggest part of our focus on the sports that don't get all the attention and that, that goes to football and men's basketball. Uh, I'm Brian, OSU class of 1996, and my co-host Pete is OSU class of 1993. Hey, Brian. Yeah, we do, uh, of course, mostly try to focus on the sports that don't get all the spotlight. But of course, having said that, the biggest stories today come from football because the early start uh, signing period starts up today. And uh, the cool thing for the Beaver is a program that's trying to, re well, <laughs> build back. Build. Something build, not a rebuild, just a build. Yeah. They're trying to build. And they landed all 16 of their early commits, which is awesome. Um, they got some good guys from California, uh, a couple from Utah and Washington. And the one I'm excited about just because of the nature of uh, the way the Beavers offense goes and that kind of thing is a kid named Damian Martinez from Louisville, Texas. He ran for over 2,000 yards as a junior, 5'11", uh, 220-pound running back, three-star kid, kind of slipped under the radar, smaller school. But, you know, there's just something about the running backs from Texas when the Beavers get their hands on them. They just have a, a way of uh, finding some success like, uh, I don't know, B.J. Baylor, for example, who uh, was first-team All-Pac-12 this year and has a chance to have the, the top five rushing season um, for the Beavers uh, if he gets a good game on Saturday, which they will need in the bowl game. Yeah. And, of course, you got the Rodgers brothers. And so reestablishing a, a good pipeline to Texas like they used to have, that's, that's one thing that really went away when uh, Coach Jim Gilstrap, uh, may he rest in peace, when he passed away, uh, the Beavers lost a lot of their contact in Texas. And, so to reestablish something from Texas is a good thing because that's obviously yep. a, a football hotbed. And yep. uh, other other news, of course, is that um, you know, in addition to the fact they've got the bowl game, but uh, their coaching staff uh, they have gone ahead and promoted their linebackers coach, who was an interim uh, defensive coordinator, Trent Bray, to defensive coordinator, and he'd served as the interim DC for the last three games. And uh, it's kind of hard to measure because Stanford's terrible. So the fact that they, you know, held Stanford to nothing is, I mean, that's what you'd expect. But Arizona State has all manner of talent on offense, and they did a great job against them. Then it didn't go great against the green and yellow team, but those guys can run the football really well. So, you know, uh, yeah. so it's pretty exciting, though, for, uh, uh, for Beaver Nation. And this is, you know, Trent Bray's second time third time really around at OSU because he was a player on the coaching staff for coach Riley as well. Yeah. And they did, I mean, they did improve when he took, took over. Um, it, I think it made a diff difference besides like you're saying the wins and losses, cause that's always tough, but uh, the attitude of the defense seemed a bit more right. impressive. Right. And I think that's the right direction that they wanted to go. So um yeah, so after the two losses in winnable games against Cal and a bad Colorado team, I think Coach Smith made the right change and Coach Bray did a nice job of, like, again, bringing that attitude, that more aggressive attitude, I think. Uh, right. And I think the fans like that better, right? They, if, we, yeah. if we miss a play because the defense is being aggressive, that's better than just missing a play. <laughs> which right. is what they were doing before. Yeah. So yeah, getting caught flat footed versus actually going for something. Yeah. And so it's uh, I, like uh, when, um, when we used to take the 
Krav Maga classes together. We had that instructor yeah. that said, if you mess up, mess up aggressively. Yep, that's right. And I and I think that's what's I, that's appealing for football. So I, I oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's definitely a lot better. So yeah, um, yeah. So that's great. I mean, Beavs are in a bowl game. That so, is true, and yeah. that that's uh, I mean, despite losing the rivalry game and it just frustrating fashion where they yeah. couldn't get off the field on third or fourth down well i mean my impression of that is it's almost like the first like the the first half they didn't re- it's the beavers have this sort of tendency sometimes not realize the game started and it sure seemed right. like the first half they didn't realize the game was going like and the then the second half they came out and uh you know i think some of the duck fans were getting worried when we got that onside kick recovery so yeah i think they were too but you know it was a little too late too too little yeah. too late but um yeah. At least they did finish with a seven and five record, which means they get to go to a bowl game. They're playing the inaugural LA Bowl, sponsored by Jimmy Kimmel and uh, oh, some company that has a weird spelling of a commonly used name. I can't remember them, but uh, they're playing Utah State. Great exposure for the program uh, because they recruit very heavily in Southern California, so a lot of attention will be paid by local recruits. And the bonus of getting your bowl game in Southern California if you're at Oregon State, is you get your family gets to come out to the game. They don't have to travel to Corvallis. They don't have to travel to Eugene or Seattle or anywhere else. They can stay right in Southern Cal and go and watch their sons, nephews, brothers, et cetera, play in person. And that's that's a fun family thing for the guys. And if we noticed from like the 2019 uh, thumping of UCLA and then the way they put it on USC this season, the Southern California guys, you know, you could say yeah. all you want, but they play better in front of mom and dad or grandma and grandpa yeah. or whatever. They just yeah. do. They yeah. just do. Yeah, it is. It is great. And I do. I mean, Beavers versus Utah State. Um, again, both schools were coached or abandoned by Gary Anderson. He just walked away. <laughs> So, I mean, he, he left us in 2017 and walked out on Utah State in 2020, yeah. both season, which is alert. I give him credit though; he doesn't keep the money, right? No, he at least gives the money back. Yeah, yeah he gives the money back. Um, so I, again, well, it's interesting to see. You know, some guys can't take the college uh, football coaching. I, I do have, I do think we have a bone to pick with Jimmy Kimmel or whoever did the promo. Uh, they used of some footage from the Ducks. Yeah. They put like and so, but other than that, you know, we're the or the orange and black, not the green and green and yellow. So yeah. So well, maybe they got that. confused or maybe somebody on his staff didn't know the difference. Because yeah. you know, that that's one thing and I don't remember the kid's name. Yeah. Transfer remember he transferred from USC and he yeah. thought he was transferring to the other place and he ends up in Corvallis going, What in the heck am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I so he was there for about a week. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, to to the rest of the country, it may not, it may be the, the same, you know, but. Uh, Us, it's a very big difference. Very big difference, yeah. Um, so yeah. there is also, of course, the the uh, other thing that took place that was recent. It was a big deal, the magical run that the men's soccer team had. Uh, that came to an yeah. end in the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament. Uh, they won the first two rounds, and then uh, the Clemson Tigers Played the Beavers to a 1-1 draw at Lorenz Field, and it went to penalty kicks, which that just immediately levels the playing field because yeah. it's just one shooter on one goalkeeper. Yeah. And uh, 
So Clemson won 4-3 on PKs, and that was all she wrote. It's a great season. Uh, probably the best one in program history. They were named uh, ranked number one in the country for a while going into the tournament. Overall number one seed, uh, you know. But uh, I mean, I need to watch soccer. I mean, like I, no. I saw the game was on. I'm not normally a fan of it, and oh. uh, I was like, "Whoa, I better sit down and watch this." Yeah, and after they got eliminated, I haven't paid any attention to the tournament, unfortunately. But um, yeah, the they, I do know that Sofian Jafal was named first team All America as he should have been because he was just a ho- he was a horse all year. I mean, he was amazing. And then uh, Tyrone Mondi also got uh, third team All American, so it was really good good season and. Uh, just something for them to be proud of and something that gives another foundation for a great program going forward. So that's really cool. Yeah. Congratulations to that team. Um, yeah. So another sport that wrapped up was the women's cross country team. Uh, Beavers finished seventh in the NCAA West regional uh, sophomore Kaylee Mitchell from Salem finished 77th out of 251 runners at the national championship. So congratulations to her specifically and uh, the cross-country team in general on a productive season um, program continues to build. So I think that's great. Um, with the fall sports uh, pretty much wrapped up, we're getting into winter sports and uh, starting some uh, conference play. So, Yeah, that they are. And then also, of course, uh, wrestling is just about to get into the Pac-12 season, which is cool. Um, that's a tough conference, mm-hmm. um, as always. But they've competed against some of the big dogs early. They, you know, went up against Penn State and Iowa. And, of course, they lost those meets. But um, that's just going to make them tougher going into the into the Pac-12. And uh, they had the big uh, tournament in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago, the uh, Cliff Keen Invitational. And the best program or the best finish they've ever had there was fourth a few years ago. They finished eighth which was their best finish. I think it was almost 10 years since they finished that well at the Cliff Keen. Uh, highlight was heavyweight Gary Traub winning, um, winning his division. He beat some nationally ranked guys uh, from Oklahoma and Nebraska and Wyoming on his way to that title. And then the consistent greatness continues from the lower weights. Um, uh, Brandon Kaler at 125, he finished third. Devin Turner went up to his usual tricks. He ends up uh, fourth at 133. And it seems like uh, can't ever mention Beavers wrestling without Grant Willits. Yep. He always comes up big in the big tournaments. Postseason, you know, finds himself in Indianapolis at the end of the year somehow every year, and he took fifth in the in the ridiculously competitive 141 division. So, good tournament for them, and that's pretty exciting. And uh, yep. so, um, before we get into basketball, really, there was a little bit of baseball news. A former um, Player, assistant coach, and director of operations for the program, Jake Rodriguez, has moved on to a different opportunity. We wish him the best of luck. Thankful he's not going to Eugene. Uh, he's been a huge asset to the Beavers program. Um, also, the baseball team announced their 22 schedule, which uh, will open in mid-February in Surprise, Arizona, the uh, Corvallis of the South. For all intents and purposes, they're on the road until April 15th, but they will have 28 uh, home games. Playing some teams they haven't played before um, this year. They're going to play against Xavier for the first time. And uh, Grand Canyon University, who they've always played down in surprise, is going to come up to Goss Stadium. So that's pretty exciting. Cool. Okay. Uh, On to basketball. Um, Can we say about the men's basketball team? The struggle is real. Uh, (laughs) They are not uh, shooting well. 
which by itself wouldn't be bad, but they also are not defending or rebounding well. And that pretty much defines the whole game. That is, um, yeah, kind of the big elements of the game. Yeah. So, you know, they've won one game all year against Portland State, and that was a nail-biter, and it really should not have been. Um, that's uh, that's all we can really say, right? Like, yeah. they went to the Elite Eight last year. Uh, Ethan Thompson's loss seems to be, like, a big impact because apparently, you know, in the locker room on the floor, he must have been the glue that's holding this team together. Um Again, hopefully they can turn this around like they did last year. Uh, We'll have to see, you know. Good way of putting it. I mean, they they weren't great for most of last year, but they got hot at the conference tournament, and then they went on a run. Mm -hmm. Um, It'd be great if they didn't wait that long. (laughs) (laughs) uh, They they played against Arizona and Cal and then got killed. And, and, um, you know, they they need to uh, figure some things out because right now they're, frankly, hard to watch. Fortunately, I mean, there is women's basketball. Yeah, the women, on the other hand, are doing okay. I, I think, you know, uh, they're five and three. Um, they, they're still going through some growing pains. I think, you know, again, a lot of new players this year, a lot of things have to get meshed. Um, and they've had just some tough shooting nights. You know, they had some good games against Michigan and Notre Dame. Uh, most recently, they lost to Villanova and Tough shooting kind of really contributed to that. Um, and turnovers hurt, right? I mean, when you're not shooting the ball, turnovers don't help. So um, yeah. I think what's cool is you're seeing some of the players come into their own. Elena Mitrovich has had a couple good games. It's great to see Kennedy Brown back on the court, um, tearing things up on the rebounding and, and getting some offense. So, um, again, if this, I think this team has a lot of talent. They have a lot of potential. It's just, you know, can we, can they get, you know, kind of bonded and playing together and in sync and um, before Pac-12 play? Because, again, Pac-12 is just cutthroat tough. Um, so hopefully they get that kind of set up. Um, they're in Maui this week for a couple games for the Maui Gym Classic. Um, and then they'll return to Corrales. I think they have one other game before they get into conference play. So. And the thing with them, too, is almost, um, I mean, you, you can never have too much talent, but they have mm-hmm. um, they have sometimes, you know, a yep. lot of a lot of parts that the coach Rook has to figure out. OK, yep. you know, I, I've got these two players with this set of s- skills and how to utilize them all, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And, and he had one at one point I was watching one of the games he had you know, point guard and basically all forwards. Like Taya Corsdale was, I right. think she was playing the two. So it was like Taya Corsdale, Ellie Mack, Kennedy Brown, and Yelena Mitrofitch. And I was sitting there going, wow, that's a really big lineup, which is yeah. really cool. But then, you know, again, it's like, how do you, those people playing on the court together, playing in those different positions, uh, it's all tough, right? They just got to see how they mesh, right? So. Well, they'll figure it out. It's it's a it's a long season, and yeah. I, the hope, of course, for the men's program is they get it figured out sooner because they're starting from farther right. behind the eight ball. But the the women's team, you know, reliably, if they finish top five in the conference, they're in great position for yep. uh, March. You know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They have the talent to do that. No. Yeah, doubt. they definitely have the talent. To do piecing that, that together. Yep, absolutely. Um, so. 
So the, the winter sports are getting going, and uh, we are, of course, coming to the end of the calendar year, 2021. And I thought it might be fun for each of us to kind of go over our favorite moment or moments for uh, Beaver sports this year. For me, of course, it was just huge to have the football team get their first winning season in what seemed like 100 years. Uh, it's been eight years. They get back to a bowl game. And, of course, the men's basketball team had their run in March Madness. But it was you know, a kind of an obscure thing, but what really was exciting for me. And she made an appearance at the football game, which uh, got the crowd going, too to actually get an Olympic gold medalist mm. on the gymnastics team and Jade Carey. And she signed in like 2018 or something. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it's just a high watermark for coach Chaplin's program, because I don't get to watch too much of the gymnastics, but when I do, it's really cool to see them um, when they're up there against the big dogs against UCLA and, and um, Utah and teams like that and holding their own and, and, you know, a couple of years ago, this is a program that made the Super Six. Yeah. Um, and to add an honest-to-goodness Olympic gold medalist, someone who was there uh, next to, you know, some of the best gymnasts in the world, and yeah. you know she learned from that. You know that she picked up a lot <laughs> of things along the way, being next to Simone Biles and, and people uh -huh. like that. Um, so she can kind of cliche, but, you know, be a coach on the floor, too, if you will. Um so it's it's really exciting. I mean, it's just like I haven't been, you know, that excited about a program getting anybody since like Gary Payton on the basketball team some 30 odd years ago or when the uh, football team coach signed Dennis Erickson 20 years ago. It's just that big of a deal to me to get an Olympic gold medalist to come to little old Corvallis, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's a huge, huge thing for the program. And, you know, congratulations to coach and we're so happy that Jade carries there. I'll be able to get, I usually catch some of the gymnastics um, on, on the TV and it's always fun to watch because they're the most cheering for each other sport I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. And it's and an so individual think, sport, but they have yeah. a lot of team camaraderie. Yeah. So it's really fun to always watch them. So like you said, I think it is a, a big deal to have an Olympic gold medalist uh, coming to Oregon state. Um, yeah, so for me, uh, I have to say, I mean, the, the soccer team thing was great. The football team getting back on track. Um, and as you know, like, I'm more of a women's basketball fan. And for the most yeah. part, I won't watch a lot of the men's basketball. Um, right. But the run they made in the tournament last year, um, it was fun to watch for me. Uh, I was, you know, it got me into watching it. Um, and, and it was fun because you'd watch these games, they're under, under, they're the underdog, and they would always be kind of behind, and they kind of struggle, and you're kind of like almost to the point where you're resigning to the fact that, okay, hey, it's been a good run, uh, you know, they're, they, you know, and then all of a sudden they win, and, the, and then they go into the, you know, uh, Sweet 16, and it has kind of the same thing, and so you're like, Oh my God, they're going to the lead eight, right? And so that was fun. Um, so I have to say that was, I, yeah. I guess that that is the fun part to March Madness, right? Definitely. And they gave they relative. gave Houston a, a good run for their money yeah. too. So, you yeah. know, that's why, of course, the the start they're up to this year is so disappointing. But uh, that was really a lot of fun. Yeah, that was. And uh, well, now I guess we got to look at what's uh, coming up. Uh, men's basketball team does try to find their footing, uh, find an answer for their woes. It's a non-conference game they have coming up on Saturday against their uh, Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, was Texas A&M one of the teams that was really good when we played uh, NCAA basketball on uh, on uh, NES back in the day? <laughs> I, I can't even remember. I, I've always remembered there. Syracuse was up there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the women's team gets to go to Maui, uh, take yeah. on Idaho as well as Iowa State in the Maui Classic in Lahaina. It's yeah. nice work if you can get that. Uh, wrestling team has a big one on um, the biggest little city in the world. They go to Reno, Nevada for the Reno Invitational. That's coming up this weekend. Yeah. Gymnastics team will get their season underway January 15th. Uh, and the baseball team goes to the Corvallis of Arizona, surprise Arizona, play some baseball starting in February. So that's, we, I guess we get to take a few weeks off, but there's a lot of stuff yeah. to look forward to. Yeah, a lot of stuff coming up that uh, looking forward to. We'll probably do another episode here at the start of the new year. Uh, basketball will get into conference play. Um, so we'll see how that's going. So we will definitely be back, back in 2022. Um, but for now, that's going to do it for this edition of Orange, Black, and Beyond. We wish everyone a happy holiday. Stay safe, healthy, and uh, have a great, prosperous New Year. Go Beavs. Go Beavs.